I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. The following is paid commercial programming. The content and opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect those of WSSP, Intercom Milwaukee, its staff, or sponsors. From Lake Michigan to the Mississippi and every river, lake, and field in between. Let's talk everything outdoors. All aboard! Ha, ha, ha! You're on the crazy train! All aboard! <laughs> Welcome to the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. Fasten your seatbelts for a wild ride through Wisconsin's outdoors. Only on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. It's the second hour of power with Dan Bush and me, Tom Neubauer. I like how that rhymes. We come to you here every Saturday morning from 6 to 8 a.m. on the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. You can always contact us. Uh, got any questions or comments, be a part of the show because it is a live show. You can call us at 414-799-1250. That's 799-1250. Or you can email us live at the Smokies, uh Inbox at ceoguys at yahoo.com. Danny, what you got there? Well, first of all, that hour of power, he's plagiarizing. That's from a Christian show, radio that's, that's or TV fine. show. Yeah. I'm not plagiarizing. You're going to get sued. Borrow, I borrowed it. You're going to get sued. Uh, that's well, trademarked, you know? Yeah, yeah, right. Okay. And secondly, yeah. Uh, yeah. for our listeners, give us a call because this is your show. We're not just, you know, we're not like a couple of experts here pontificating, espousing knowledge upon the masses here. No, no, this is your show. Call up. Tell us what's going on. You know, teach Tom a new recipe or something like that. Uh, you know, uh, just to follow up on that tournament, the Muskies Powder Puff yeah, Ladies Tournament. the Powder Puffs. Uh, I never got to what the prizes or cost is. There's, it's October 5th, 8 to noon, no cost to enter. Oh, wow, that's uh, there's nice. There's door prizes for the ladies who want to enter, and then there's uh, prizes for the winners. Scoring, scoring's done solely on length of fish. When it's over, they're going to go to Curly's Waterfront Pub, which is one of our sponsors, yeah. for a nice lunch and handing out of prizes. And uh, so if anybody's interested, uh, Jeff Ver- Ver- Vergus, I hope I'm not Vergus, uh, you could uh, go to him at V-E-G-A-S Vegas. 492, Vegas 492 at yahoo.com to reserve your spot. And all they need to know are the names of the folks in the boat. So that's, uh, or go to the Muskies Inc. website or talk to someone. I'm sure you can find out. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a fun tournament. You know, I was just curious here. I, I don't know if uh, our our friend, the Muskie Hunter, Don Lavery, I don't know if he sold his boat or not, but he's got a 2013 uh Prince Craft Holiday DLXSC, whatever that all means. Anyway, he's got a really nice uh, Prince Craft with a 50 oh, horse. Oh, it's beautiful. It's got everything. And, uh, tro- tro- I think it's sold what, by now. What do you call that thing again? Tro- Travola or uh, the, the Baumount electric motor. 
Anyway, he's got that fancy one with the spot lock and all that stuff. But anyway, uh, give Don a call if you're interested. Or, or what were find they asking out. for it, Tom? They got to uh, hear the price. He's asking twelve five. That's a good price, which is a fair deal. Oh, yeah. yeah, for a deluxe. I yeah. mean, you spend twenty five grand if you wanted to buy a new boat. And, and I'll tell you up. what, it's very little used. Very it's, little. It's in great shape. Yeah. So, but you can call Don at two six two 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 four ninety four hundred. That's two six two 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 four. Nine four zero zero. Tom, so, I'm sure it's anyway. sold already. Now I don't Don's know. You never trying, know. Home, home trying to take a nap, and now he's going to get 18 calls. <laughs> Thanks to you. Oh, well. All right, here's another important service announcement from your friends at Skipper Bud's Cutting Edge Outdoors. Your yeah. ticket to fall is just around the corner. Bonus antler list harvest authorization oh, yeah. sales go live August 19th at 10 a.m. So, basically... Monday, August 19th, if you're looking to get the bonus harvest authorization or uh, whatever, get the tag, uh, August 19th, it's the forest zones, northern and central. Tuesday, August 20th, it's the central farmland zone. Wednesday, August 21st, uh, southern farmland. And Thursday, August 22nd, all zones sold until gone or season ends. Now, hunters will need to know their deer management zone and unit and determine whether they will hunt on public or private land in order to make their purchase. You got to say which day. Uh, Now, you can go to the Go Wild website. Uh, So actually, if you have a Go Wild account, which I think I do, uh, you can log in by 945 and you'll get a random place in line to purchase Beginning at 10. Holy cow. So you go online and you put, they put you on hold online. Uh, in Go Wild. <laughs> put you on hold online. <laughs> in Go Wild. Follow can you do the, that? Huh? Can you do that? It's America. You can do whatever. Okay. In Go Wild, follow the prompts to reach your personal dashboard. Then click buy licenses and select bonus antlerless harvest authorizations. Um, tip. Get in and out fast by checking your Go Wild login login information before the sale. So in other words, today, go check it out to make sure your information so you can get in quickly. You can even buy your license in advance. So uh, that that's one thing I'm not sure, whether you have to have actually purchased your deer hunting license for gun or bow prior to get getting the bonus tags or... You can buy the bonus tag and buy your regular license later. But my my guess is you might as well, you know, do both at the same time. Take care of all your licenses. Now, the other thing that's happening today, Tom. Yeah. Turkeys. Turkeys. You know a lot about turkeys. Uh, remaining harvest authorizations go on sale today, August 17th at 10 a.m. Uh, bonus harvest authorizations will be issued on a one-per-day um, basis, and again, you can do the login type thing. And as far as the zones where they're available, I had something here somewhere in my dirty mail bag here. I'm going through all my papers here. Um, blah, blah. I lost the sheet. Not all the zones have have. I don't know how I screwed that up. Well, but, they'll find out. But you can when find. They log yeah, in. I think uh, yeah. some of the zones are are sold out, but most of them still have some tags. All right. Yeah. That's it. That's uh, all right. I think that's all I got. We got someone on the line right now. We have, we have Nathan got? from Zbart. Na- oh yeah, Nathan hey. from Zbart. All right. Good morning, Nathan. 
Good morning, guys. How are you? We're doing good. Thanks for staying on hold there, Nathan. So I was talking to the guys that kind of uh, previewed or whatever, teased you coming on here by just saying that there's a lot of our listeners are hunters, fishermen, guys like us who buy new trucks or nearly new trucks, and you drive it away and you think, okay, that's it. I I got it. I I don't have to do anything now. I got my new truck. But there's a lot of guys should, should be thinking about if you plan on holding on to that truck, for a long time because a new vehicle is forty to fifty thousand dollars. It's no joke. You want to protect it as best as you can. So can you kind of run by some of the things that a guy should be aware of and some things that they should get done? Well, yeah, absolutely. You kind of hit it on the head. It's uh, if you're planning on keeping that truck a long time, you want to do a few things uh, to basically enhance it, preserve it, and protect that investment and keep it on the road. So number one, if you're keeping your vehicle over five years, that's kind of where I set the mark because five years is where you start to see rust on a vehicle these days, especially with the new stuff they're using to melt salt in winter. It's actually even coming in a little faster than that. So Z-Bart's rust protection, uh, they've been doing it for 60 years now, and it's a complete process that basically seals the, the metal on the entire vehicle from the underbody, including inside all the panels, uh, locks out road salt moisture and prevents that corrosion that you get. So it keeps it structurally sound for as long as you own it. Um, and then beyond that, hunters and fishers like, uh, like your truck, man, we like that spray on bed liner. It keeps your cargo from sliding around, keeps your bed in good shape and protects the metal on the bed. Uh, and then we have a whole line of other stuff that will enhance and uh, just preserve. Like we have stuff for the paint. We have a new ceramic paint coating that lasts seven years, gives you a mirror-like finish, and you never have to touch it with wax. You wash it and dry it, and it looks looks like you just got done waxing. This stuff's amazing. Hey, Nathan, it's Tom here. i got hey, a question Tom. for you. Now, you're talking about trucks here. Now, I have a, a Grand Caravan. Now oh, sure. the the now the same holds true for the for the you know minivans for the regular cars right as far as Absolutely. the rust and everything yeah. Absolutely not just trucks Yeah you know the Z-Bart it, like you said it's been around 60 years I remember as a kid in the 60s riding my bike right by the Z-Bart place right down the street from me and then later I had heard years later that well the new the new metals are automatically rust proofed anyway now you don't have to worry about that but that's not really the case because I had my 2008 Ford F-150, and years back, all of a sudden you started getting the rust right above the wheel wells. So, uh, I mean, what what are some of the trouble areas that, that it shows up on, an, on a vehicle nowadays with all that salt? Well, just like you said, right, you, you always get rust above the wheel wells, and that's you have an inner and an outer fender that come together and create a little V, and salt and moisture get trapped up there and uh that's why you see a lot of trucks rusting there and then you have the other areas like the bottom of the doors uh, i mean anybody can check and open their doors on an eight-year-old truck and see the rust starting on that seam where the metal wraps around the bottom um so those the rocker panels um and like you said yeah 80s in the 80s we came out with galvanized metal and that stopped things from rusting in three years and it pushed it back about three years into that five six year time range um, but yeah, if you're the, that's why I always set the benchmark at five. If you're the guy keeping his truck longer than five, you should have it rust proof. Uh, that's going to prevent those problem areas that, that you just mentioned. Hey, Nathan, what, what, what about, uh, let's say a guy's got a, uh, like my van is like four years old. Yeah. So is, is it a good idea if, if a person has a, a vehicle that's three, four, five years old to have it done? I mean, if the rust hasn't started yet. 
Well, like, let's let's talk about your van. So you've had it. It's three, four years old now. And how long are you planning on keeping it? Oh, until that baby dies. Okay. So this is getting driven into the ground, this one. No, um, maybe then, not. But I plan on keeping it at a while, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you'll have it a while yet. Then by all means, absolutely. You know, you're probably still good at that three, four-year mark. And we have, uh, most people I have come in so that we can take a look at it and just see if there's rust starting see how far into it it is um, because we have an acid neutralizer we can apply that'll kill rust that's starting um, and sometimes it's too far gone you know I have guys that bring yeah. trucks that are like eight years old that I look at that there's the rust is a little too far gone and yeah. I'm not going to be able to stop it and I just tell them I'm like sorry like that's one I can't do a whole lot for you on but uh, you know bring in the next one when you get it right so where, where are you located uh, we are right on highway 100 in West Dallas um, and then we have another store out in Waukesha right by the airport. Okay. Right, so right down the road here. And um, you're, you're, if you get it done on a new vehicle, then you said there's like some kind of guarantee for a certain amount of years, or how does that work? Yeah, new vehicle, as far as rust protection, we have a 10-year insured warranty. If, the, if your panels rust out, we pay for the body work on it. Um, our ceramic paint coating for paint, that we have a seven-year warranty on for provides protection against loss of luster that it'll you know keep that shine and prevent damage to the clear coat um so yeah yeah rhino liner lifetime warranty for the bed of the truck yeah i saw danny's that's pretty sweet it's really sharp it that's looks nice. that black color is really yeah. really sharp and then now like you guys were talking about used i got my buddy mark who said he's going to give you a call out there he got his truck new a year ago so it sounds like that would still be a good candidate to take it in now and get it done before it's too late. Yeah, absolutely. Especially with with new trucks, new cars, new minivans. If you can get them to us, you know, before that first uh, salting of the year, before it starts to see those chemicals, that's the ideal. Because then we get a fresh coating on fresh metal. There's no chance of any uh, contamination getting in there ahead of time. That's the ideal is when you when you get them new. But uh, even those two, three-year-old vehicles are great candidates. Uh, and even some older ones. I had, you know, there's a lot of classic cars out there, too. I had a 2011 Vettin the other day that only has 8,000 miles. That's in just beautiful shape, and the lady's going to keep it forever. So uh, we're doing a whole package to that one. Great, great. And uh, if somebody wants to call your shop or anything, uh, you got a number or website you want to put out? Yeah, sure, absolutely. Uh, ZBart.com is the website. You can funnel down to uh, our location. There's locations across the U.S. for ZBart and international, but uh, you can funnel down into the ZBart of Greater Milwaukee stores and find our two locations. Hey, I got uh, along off the truck type stuff. You went, being as we are a hunting and fishing show, I hope we don't mind bending your ear a little longer here. Uh, you went on a, a trip what, out to Texas with Dan Johnson, who was our guest a couple weeks ago. Can you you want to tell us about that a little bit? What'd you shoot? Oh, it was great. Yeah, we went out for a, a hog hunting trip on a ranch out there, and uh, it was fantastic. Accommodations were great. The food was great. Um, and, yeah, we were just out uh, sitting sitting in stands for hours on end and waiting for pigs to come in and shoot them. So uh, I had just got, actually, I had just purchased a uh, HOA Model 223. Okay. Um, it quickly became one of my favorite rifles after that trip because, you know, Texas is nice long-range shooting and stuff, and for some reason, that thing doesn't typically pattern the best as far as my rifles go, but it never misses an animal. Really? Is that... <laughs> Is that a semi-auto then? No, no, that's just a bolt-action 2 okay. 
Um, and like I said, it's not the best patterning gun. My Ot6 pattern is a lot tighter than that. But for some reason, uh, when it's lined up on an animal, it just does not miss. And, and I'm talking like they told us to shoot anything out there, pigs, skunks, yeah. you name it. I think, anything but deer and ducks they didn't want to shoot it. I think the not missing the animal is more on the operator's side than the gun side. I think that's you just being a good shot. <laughs> um, yeah, it's possible, but I don't know if you guys have any guns. I start getting a little superstitious about my guns. My very first rifle I ever bought, I just don't like it all. Like, it just doesn't feel good. I bought it on somebody's advice. And so I became a big proponent that you have to shoulder, you have to hold a gun. It's got to feel right for you. You guys feel that way? Yeah, what caliber is that gun? Uh, which one? My first one? The one, that, the one that you don't like. Oh, the one I don't like is an odd six. It's a Browning oh. stainless stalker. Really? Okay. Is that bolt that, action that, or that, semi? And that's no joke on price there, Nathan. No. No, no, it's a great gun, and it groups. It's Okay, it will shoot the tightest groups of any gun I own, and I like that gun the least. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I understand. I agree with what you say as far as shouldering. For years, I'd go to the gun shops most of the time as just, you know, like a, like a guy goes to a car dealer, a tire kicker, which they hate. I'd just walk without buying anything. But I'd go in and I'd shoulder the Browning X-Bolts. And I thought, man, this just comes right to my shoulder, lines up right with my eye and cheek. And finally, yeah. last year, I bought a uh, Browning X-Bolt. Uh, I think it's Hunter. It's a walnut on it. Man, do I love that thing. It just feels right. perfect, like you're talking about. Yeah, that's the way. When I was looking for a new pheasant gun, you know, I was looking at the Browning Ultralights and, you know, the 1200 and $2,000 guns, and I was picking them up. And, yeah, I think the, there was an Ultralight that felt really, really good for, like, $2,000. But wow. all of a sudden, I decided I, I started going through the use rack and I started shouldering stuff and all of a sudden I picked one up that felt fantastic. Shoulders comes right up. It was an over and under and I'm like, this is perfect. I love it. Turned out to be a savage over under. Really? Yeah. Which I don't consider savage a really good over under gun, but that's my favorite pheasant gun now. Wow. Right. And savage, it makes quality stuff, but you don't consider it a Benelli or some premier kind of a, a name yeah. brand. Last yeah. qu- last question with the hogs with the two twenty three because I might go out there. I'm retiring next year and I'm going to go shoot some hogs. I got a two twenty three. Were you shooting them in the head or behind the you know shoulder? And what kind of what kind of bullet were you using? Uh, I was using a oh man, you're going back like four years. So I'm trying to think of what grain I had pumped up. It was obviously one of the heavier bullets, but now you're talking about twist rate because you don't want bullet topple and everything else. So you got to match that up. You know, lately I've been shooting a lot lighter rounds out of that thing, but I think I was just shooting a 55 green um, soft tip bullet and headshots all day. I did shoot one um, through the heart and lungs because it uh, was running at me. Okay. Getting charged. <laughs> Self-defense. Yeah, I was, well, I thought I'd shot it, you know, it was a long shot. He disappeared behind brush on the shot. And, uh, you know, I called Dan on the walkie-talkie. I'm like, hey, they got another one down. And he's like, well, you should go find it before dusk, you know, before it gets dark here and pull it out where we can get to it with the ATV. And, uh, you know, the guy had just been telling us stories all week about there's a cougar running around and watch out for snakes. And so now i got to trek across a marsh to you go ca- look for a wounded hog right before dark. He's kind of gun-shy. Knowing Dan, he had a hog on a leash, and he's waiting to release it on you. <laughs> So. I would hope not, but I went looking for him, and sure enough, I found him, and he came at me. 
And uh, I shot once as he was coming right at me, and then uh, he veered about five feet in front of me, veered to my left, and I cycled the action just kind of hip shot. And that was the one that did it. It went right through his side and uh, double lunged him, and, you know, he went a another 100 yards or so on a charge before he dropped. Well, I'm glad you survived so you can Z-Bart my truck now. So yeah, anyway, go. we got to go to go to our break, but thanks for joining us, and right. uh, we'll talk again. Thanks for having me on, guys. All right. All right. Take You're care, welcome. Nathan. Bye. All right. It's time to go, <clears throat> time to, go to a break. We'll be right back. <laughs> Stay tuned for more. you're with us this morning it's uh what is it about 625 and a half so uh maybe 725 seven, excuse is, me yeah that clock still isn't that clock right is it, not on daylight it, savings. It, it'll be right when we go back to the old time yeah right exactly <laughs> never a couple more it. months here yeah so and uh if if you're uh if you work till seven o'clock you only got a half hour to go roughly and uh if you're going to work well <laughs> you got plenty of time yeah yeah plenty of time Oh, yeah. What are we talking about? So, nothing, really. Traffic is light and <laughs> not, variable not on the beans. Really. We do have one rollover on the expressway. Yeah, yeah. Give the morning so, traffic report Anyway. Um, I wish. Yeah, I'll tell you what. I, I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, you know. it's funny how this summer kind of like flew by. At least for me it flew by. And, and it's like, you know, September's right around the corner. But I'll tell you what. I always look forward to fall fishing. I look forward to, you know, especially getting those crappies on the deep weed line edges. I look forward to all the fishing, especially the musky fishing in the fall. That's, that's, I'll tell you, that's one of my favorite. It's very relaxing to put a couple of suckers out there in October and just Nothing, drift around. I'll tell you what. <laughs> I like that. I'll tell you what. Before I knew how to catch a musky, uh, I was smart yeah. enough to figure out that those suckers got to be a good bait for them because that's the real thing. They're eating it all yeah, the time, right? Yeah. So I'd go out in a little aluminum boat and rig up suck. Now, I, I screwed up and lost a bunch of fish because I did not know how to rig them up on right. a quick strike okay. correctly. Uh, I did catch a couple on a single hook where you, you back in the old days where oh. you let them swallow it and you sit there for you 40. You wait. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, I'd always get some action, and nothing's more peaceful than on a flat, calm fall day, just when you can smell the burning leaves, if people are burning leaves, or if you're up, northern wisconsin and you hear shots shotgun shots from the grouse hunters and there's the leaves are colored mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or you know just starting to come off just drifting along with that sucker yeah. you know watch wait watching the rod kind of twitch from the sucker and wait for all of a sudden when a yep. when a muskie grabs it that's that's real it's 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 relaxing it's kind it's kind of the exciting it's like the jaws yeah. type thing where they grab the click 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 mm-hmm it's a great thing to do. You can. It is. I caught it's my biggest one relaxing. ever. My biggest one ever out there was when a client canceled back in 2003 in November, and I had my feet up, my arms crossed, with my head back, with my eyes closed, half dozing when, click click when when a fish hit, and I never expected to catch a fish at <laughs> all. Yeah. I was just killing time because the yeah. Packers didn't play till seven o'clock that Sunday, so I thought I got to do something this afternoon. I'll go crazy. You never know. You yeah. Just sit back and relax, and you might catch a big one. Well, I got a sad story. The first legal muskie I ever caught, I was with uh, one of my friends. We went up to Boulder Junction, and we were on Palmer Lake. 
And as a matter of fact, we fished both Palmer and High Lake. They're connected. But anyway, we're on Palmer Lake out of Boulder Junction. It's shallow, isn't it? Uh, most, most of it, I, th- I think it, I, there might be some spots where it's down to 20, 25 feet, something like that. But okay. most of it's shallower. Tenderfoot there, too? or Ten, is... Tenderfoot? Uh, yeah, not High Lake. Uh, tenderfoot is connected to it. That's And High Lake's across the road. Okay. Yeah. But, yeah, Tenderfoot's connected. Well, anyway, and uh, before we went up, I had bought, I, I had the older glass musky rods and that but i that was the year i bought my first really good musky rod of fenwick you know cost me 62 dollars and 50 cents that's back in 1974 i think 73 74 yeah that's pretty expensive cost me a, yeah it's pretty expensive so this is a beautiful rod oh boy i'm all i'm set so we were fishing out of a regular type you know aluminum rowboat you know with the the bench seats right and uh, so I was casting with the Fenwick, and then I had uh, we had the suckers with their single J hook, you know. And uh, my friend who I was with, he was he was teaching me about musky fishing at the time. He's teaching me. Yep. And uh, so I get a fish on the sucker, you know, it was hung under a bobber. And uh, he said, "Okay, you gotta wait." I said, "Okay, how long?" He said, "Well, you, know, you never know." So never know. We waited that about narrows it down a lot. Forty, I'd say half hour, forty minutes, something like that. You know, and the fish surfaced, and you always can tell when they surface that they got it like in their throat and they're trying to get rid of it. So this was a good indication to set the hook. Well, it was drizzling out that morning. It was boat was wet, and before I set the hook, I take I took that. $62.50 Fenwick, and I put it, laid it down between the two seats. I set the hook on that muskie, and I slipped in the boat and sat right in the middle of the two seats on that $62.50 Fenwick, broke it in half. I didn't even use it for two hours, you know? And so, okay, I caught the muskie. Thank goodness it was a legal fish. Okay, wonderful. I'm all happy, but... I was really upset about sitting on that brand new muskrat. Now my friend says to me, he says, "It wasn't worth sixty-two dollars and fifty cents." <laughs> well, unless it was a world record muskie, right? And he said to me, he "says Well, you know, Fenwick's got a lifetime warranty. You just send it back; they'll send you a new one." And I said, "Yeah, but I broke it. I mean, there's there was nothing wrong with the rod. The manufacturer didn't do right. anything wrong. I broke it. You know, I sat on it. Why would I send it back if I sat?" He says, "Well, they'll replace it." I said, "No, no, I'm not even gonna." try to do that because I I was stupid enough that I just slipped and sat on it. But I, I was feeling quite terrible. There are people know? out there that they'll just break stuff themselves and keep scamming it, sending yeah. the same rod yeah. three times. I think that's why some of the rod manufacturers have, li- have, have limited. Have had to kind of cool it a little bit. Otherwise, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So limited lifetime. Limited. Work. Yes. All right. We got to go to a break, folks. When we come back, uh, we're going to take your phone call. I got an announcement when we come back. All right. 799-1250 is the phone number. Got any sad stories about fishing? We'll listen to yours, too. All right. So uh, stay tuned for more on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back. Welcome back to Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, 799-1250. If you have a report you want to call in or a 
question for the super genius Tom Neubauer next to me here. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to thank all the listeners, uh, the police officers, the firefighters, the healthcare workers, um, all those people out the military. We appreciate what you do for us. And uh, some of you guys have underappreciated jobs, but we support you and we appreciate everybody listening to us out there, whether they're at work, on their way home or whatever. And uh, I was just thinking, Tom, earlier, I was trying to think of one of our listeners. I talked to a lot of people this week, but I think it was Steve, was talking to me that he had listened to one of your shows many years ago when you had your own show. Okay. And you were telling some story about fishing on some lake, and you could see all the fish down near the bottom or whatever, I think, and I think it was bass, and they were inactive. They absolutely would not hit anything. And then you said, when we come back from break, I'm going to tell you why they weren't hitting. And then apparently he was at work or something. And And he he missed it? He missed it. So for 20 years he's been wondering (laughs) and wants you to tell him. And if he's listening, well, he can call right now. Well, Maybe he can ask you well, and tell, tell 799-1250. I know exactly what he's talking about, and I you don't do. I don't have a clue on why they wouldn't hit. But it was were... <laughs> it was a day before I was doing a a, a a TV show, you know, one of my segments for Outdoor Wisconsin. Okay. And I was out on Nagawicka Lake on a Wednesday. And and I had the camera crew on Thursday. Okay. okay? And this is always way in advance that we pick these dates, okay? Right. Like two, three weeks in advance. So I'm out there on Wednesday. There's all these bass in shallow water. I, I was cast into them. I caught several. And, and they weren't they were nice bass. They weren't monsters. They were like those 15, 14 to, let's say, 17, 18 inches. They were nice quality fish. Okay. Well, I could see them. I caught a few. Okay, I know where they are. I know where I'm coming tomorrow. So the, the next day, I get out there with the camera crew, and it's like about 1030 in the morning, and sun's up. I mean, it was the same weather conditions as the day before, as far as I remember. Same thing, you know, right. no big deal. And I go to the spot, and it's like, oh yeah, there they are. We're we're in. I'm in maybe three feet of water. So you can see them. You can see them. You know, you're. I'm standing up there. I'm looking at them. So I cast out to one before the lure hits the water. It swims away. I was throwing at these fish. They were swimming away from the lures. I swear to God, I was trying all different things. I wish I would have had some night crawlers with me. Maybe that yeah, would have yeah, worked. The real thing. But I'm throwing all these different things, you know, and nothing. They they would swim away for. They wouldn't take a darn thing. I mean, eventually, I, I decided. Oh, the little bass they would bite. You know, those little right, nine little, ten inches, little aggressive. Oh ones. yeah, they'll they'll bite anything. You know, they're stupid. You know, right. <laughs> but the the decent ones, no, nope, no, nope, they just swam away from everything. They didn't want nothing. And uh, so I did a show on. I think it was on Northern Pike then, because okay. you can always count on Northern Pike to bite, right? Or or hopefully. And uh, so I did a show on Northern Pike instead. But as to why those fish weren't biting, remember when we talked? Uh, yeah. A week or two ago, the the fish being in a negative, positive, or neutral feeding mood, those fish were in a definite feeding mood for some reason. Some reason, totally not interested in a darn thing. Now, like I said, maybe if I had a night crawler and threw that out there, maybe that would have well, made a difference. I don't. Those know. were largemouth, right? Yeah, but I've had it happen with walleyes too. So I and Ron so. Johnson had it happen in Rowley's Bay a couple of years ago. And that's when we were texting texting you, and I think it was in August. And you we were, weren't texting me because um, I wouldn't have read them. <laughs> uh, I think you call, called oh, no, us. I called you called us. Message. You called the show. 
No, or, this was I was calling you. Oh, we called, okay. and I left a message because when we first got out there, you could see the smallmouth in about six feet of water, and they were swimming around. And he was getting some, I think, on a jerk bait. I put on one of those custom spinner baits you made mm-hmm. me, and I told you how I cast to the one the by first a rock. One, yeah, first, and it cast. comes shooting out. Yeah. We had like four four pounders, yeah, double head within like two minutes, yeah. And then the wind shifted. You know, it's by Lake Michigan. Yeah, and there's right. weird things with yes. those currents and yep. water temperature where it can blow in, blow yep. out, water temperature changes. And uh, Mark Horton had that happen once where the bass quit, cool water came in, and pike moved in with it. And he started nailing pike. Mm-hmm. But those fish, like a light switch, shut off. And it was driving for four hours. It was driving Ron Johnson. Nuts. And you could see him. Oh, you could see him. Yeah, they're and all he's over. freaking out. He goes, Oh, no, that's a five. Those are five, six. Five. That, look at that. Look at that. <laughs> driving me nuts. Every time bass went by, look at that. I, I know. I know, Ron. I had one take a half hearted swing. I had one tick on a jerk bait, but they just shot off. Amazing. Like a light yep. switch. Who they, knows why? Exactly. Who knows why? Who do you got on the line? Maybe he'll the tell shadows. us why. So we have Kean, who's from Kansas, but he's oh, yeah. in Shawano, looking for some Shawano. some advice. Hey, right. Kean, how you doing? Shawano. Hey, guys. Hey, what's so, up? So you left uh, Kansas, and you're up at Shawano, huh? Shawano. I, I am. I'm originally from Shawano, if you guys remember. Right, right, right. I, I uh, you know, I can catch panfish in the uh, in the spring and early summer. I'm up here to take my grandkids panfishing tomorrow, and I need to know where I can find them. Are you on Shawano Lake? On Shawano Lake, yep. Oh yeah, that's the easy one. Uh, they're all over the place. Uh, as a matter of fact, you go to the, you know how the it, it's shallow, uh, you know, goes out, extends away, and then you got that weed line edge. Yep. Just go along that weed line edge with. Uh, well, you can use a mini mite, but otherwise, if you want to make sure the kids are getting bit, just uh, put a slip bobber. You know, rig up a slip bobber with a small piece of worm or wax worms or something, they'll get bit left and right. Here's a lot of that's what I need. But, I need to get, but go ahead. here's the other thing. But you know where Montgomery Lake is? You take that little channel into Montgomery Lake? You know well, there's 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 it's Washington Lake. Or Washington, I'm sorry, I got yep. the wrong name. Take that yep. little channel into Washington Lake. If it's windy out, you get out of the wind in there and right. the same thing will work in there. Yeah. Perfect. And what, there's a lot of bat and there's a lot of bass in there too. There is what what shoreline are you talking about? Like the South Shore, the West Shore? I'm I, I, the... I'm I'm trying to I'm thinking that's the West Shore, isn't I, there? I'm, isn't I'm, Cecil I'm, on the yeah? Uh, Cecil on the east side. East, yeah, side. east side, yeah. I'm pointing I'm, my hands up in well, the this, air, uh, this pointing right west. Now. Put your arm I'm down. Thinking, you're losing friends. I'm thinking. I'm thinking it was on the southwest shore. I think. But Tom's any, waving any, around, looking hey, at the ceiling. Anywhere, anywhere oh you you find weeds. Anywhere you find weeds, you get on the edge of them, you'll find fish. That's awesome, guys. Yeah. I appreciate yeah. it. I hope you're, you're, these are your grandkids? My grandkids, yeah. yeah. My oldest my oldest grandson is going to be seven, and my uh, second grandson is going to be four. Oh, yes. You know, what I, what I would, what's been working good for me this year, because I've taken kids out, it's not the bobber thing. Uh, I've been getting out in about seven to ten, maybe even 12 feet of water where there's weeds down, and uh, split shot up about, a foot to 15 inches, uh, not a real heavy split shot, uh, small hook, hook, not real teeny tiny, not, but, you know, small hook, and go with half to a full night crawler, cast it out with no bobber, just let it sink on down to the bottom, and then just slowly kind of work it back through the weeds. We've been hammering a bunch of gills doing that out on Pewaukee. Okay. Well, okay. I, I think with, with little kids like that, you know, like four and seven, you said? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I... They, they like watching a bobber. It gives them something yeah. to do. 
You know what I mean? To watch right. the bobber. I suppose. <laughs> yeah. And if you put something small on, yeah, they might catch little bluegills, but that's okay because the, they just want to be kids, catching. See they just the want to catch anything. Yeah. Right. It, it's, it's all anything. about the numbers. And that's, you know, I really want to get them. Exactly. I live in Kansas and I'm, I don't interact with them. And I really want to get them into this fishing thing. Yeah. What I really wanted to do, I got a buddy who, um, who trolls for walleyes in the Bay of Green Bay, but my daughter. Unfortunately, said you're not taking my kids. Michigan. Well, so, you're gonna have your hands full. Yeah. Uh, good luck with the you know with two young ones in the patience boat. there. Yeah. Yeah. You're gonna take in another adult with you. Oh yeah, my daughter's gonna go good. along. Oh, good, okay. good, I, good. I told you the time I yeah. took <laughs> Waka's daughter Tahi and yeah. Mia, the two six-year-olds, out together. It was just me and the two girls ganging up on me. <laughs> oh my God! I got you. Yeah. Well, I'm sure you'll do well. There's plenty of bluegills and crappies in that lake. Plenty of them. All right. Yeah. Well, you guys have a great day. I appreciate. Thanks, the info, and, uh We'll be in touch. All right. All have right, fun. Take care, Bye Kim. now. Yeah. You know, taking kids fishing, like you you said it before, and I did. You know, you find out when you take kids fishing, you're not going to be fishing. They're going to be. You're going to be oh, doing everything else you're but gonna, fishing. Yeah, you're like back and forth. Untangle yeah, this. Yeah, put another worm yeah, on. Take exactly. this off. That's right. Ooh. Hey, I got to mention real quick before we go to a break. You got a T-shirt on, Mitch. In and out. Was, in and out burger. Yeah, yeah. In from California. Yeah, I was in San Francisco a couple months ago, and I got oh, yeah? one. At Fisherman's Wharf. You know, one yeah. of the great touristy spots over there. In and out is uh, is a big deal over there. And yeah. You know, you know uh, in Wisconsin they've got something like that. Up in northern uh, middle of the state or so, I okay. found one. It's called Hot and Now. Okay. Now I don't know if they're still in business, but they used to be. Hot and Now. You drive through that drive through. You could order twenty burgers, and you'd have them waiting for you when you got to the. They line. had one of those in Green Bay. Yeah, they opened up. Yeah. They call it Hot and Now. Hot and Now. You could buy a ton of burgers cheap. Yeah. Kind of like a In and Out. Yeah, you know. Exactly. All right, we got to go to a break. We'll be right back with more. He's Dan Bush. I'm Tom Newbauer. Mitch Ross sitting in for part time Bodie. <laughs> We'll be right back with more. It's the final countdown. The final countdown. Welcome back to the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. Thanks for listening this uh, Saturday. We really do appreciate our listeners and our wonderful sponsors out there. Got some great people out there. Uh, I want to make a quick yeah. announcement. Yes. Well, I can. Let me put on my grasses here. Fall League announcement. WCTC Firing Range and Training Facility. The Fall 2019 League will start on Wednesday, September 4th and run for 10 weeks until Wednesday, November 6th. Shooting times for League mem- members will be 430 to 8.30 p.m. Cost is $50, it, which allows you to shoot and participate one category only. $75 allows shooters to participate in as many categories as offered. Uh, league banquet will be held on Wednesday, November 13th from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. at the range. A fun shoot will be part of this event. Registration for league starts on August 1st, 2019. All league participants must have an active membership at the range. Sign up at www.wctc.edu slash firing dash range. I'm sure uh, you could probably just uh, Google WCTC firing range. They'll, they'll have the information. And uh, Brian Doro, 
was on our show years ago and actually got me introduced that, to that range, and it was brand new at the time, state-of-the-art, super cool. I haven't been out there in a while, Tom, but I'm half thinking of maybe joining this league, um, use my 22 Ruger handgun, just okay. for fun. Yeah. We got three emails, Danny. Wow, it's coming in hot and heavy uh, now. This is from Tony. Tony. It says, thanks, Tom. We heard the bit. Hopefully it will be the inspiration we need to move some fish today. Would have called, but as you know, there's a time to call and a time to cast. <laughs> You're right, Tony. Time to harvest and a yeah. time to sow. A yeah, time to and, reap and a time to cry. Yeah, and That's then you know. uh, we got uh, one from Don Lavery. Hi, Tom. Thanks for bringing up the boat. It has not sold. Oh. Maybe wrong time to sell a boat, but since I can't drive, can't fish. Well, you're right. This is not the best time to sell a boat, but if somebody wants a good deal, it's a good time to buy a boat, you know. So that's from, and then this is from Wally. Wally says, hi, guys. I have some friends coming into town, staying in the Madison area. Are there, are it, are there any panfish in Wabisa? Where can they be found? Thanks, from Wayne. Yeah, there's plenty of planfish in Wabisa. God, bluegills, plenty of crappies. Plan, plenty of planfish. Yeah, plan, is, that plan, what I, is that what I said? Plenty of planfish. Plan is that what I said? Plenty of planfish. Yeah. You just got to plan your <laughs> fishing plan trip carefully. Uh, he, uh, he, he, you you know what? your bait in the boat since you, water. Wally, since you... Uh, wait a minute. Wayne, since you have uh, adults that can cast... Uh, you know, I what I would do, I'd I'd go out and get yourself some mini mites, preferably white ones or orange ones, but use whatever color you want. But white and orange seem to work really good. Uh, just cast them all out along those weed line edges. You'll find bluegills and crappies. You'll find them. Cast them under docks. You'll find them. You know, yeah, that lake's got plenty of them, plenty. And if you don't find them there, just take go through the Yahara River, the thoroughfare there, and go over into uh, Monona, and uh, catch them there. Plenty there too. <laughs> so, yeah, those those lakes, Madison lakes, got plenty. Who you got on the line there, Mitch? We got Mike in West Dallas has a, a story, I believe, about uh -oh. kids fishing. Hey, hey, Mike, how you doing? How's it going, guys? Good. What 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 happened to you? Uh, it's not a story, but I mean, uh, the guy in uh, Shano, yeah, he takes his kids out, yeah, makes sure he's got a lot of snacks and a lot of stuff for them to drink. Yeah. All for the kids. Yeah, that's a good idea. Snacks, stuff to drink. You know what I would always do too. They I'd, get bored. Give them a few beers. Yeah. No. What What you do is you take a five <laughs> gallon bucket. Down. You take a five gallon bucket with you. You fill it about half full of water. And when they catch some of those little bluegills, you throw them in the bucket because they'll play with those fish that are swimming around in the bucket. Yeah. Oh, some, you're You're right. Yeah. Something. I, I took my buddy's daughters out from Florida years ago when they were little girls. Now that's the one who's 16 yeah. now. All they did was destroy the minnows in the bucket. They were on the floor. They were playing with everything. Yeah, yeah. That's what I took my two girls out. Yeah. My youngest played with the minnows. But uh, uh, what we do is I put my fish in a cooler with water. Okay. You know, I put it from, from home. And... Uh, Oh, he like one of them likes to count them all the time. You know, every time I put a fish in the cooler, he's he's counting them. And he's, <laughs> they kind of yeah. reach in and play. Make yeah, sure they got a lot of snacks. Keep them busy. Yeah, they yeah, can, you uh, gotta do that. That's yeah, yep. yeah I got You know, keep Good them tip. busy because you know what? Keep they're, them busy. Their attention span isn't the longest. <laughs> right. Keep them busy. <laughs> all right. Thanks for calling, Mike. Good tip. Have thanks. Nice day, guys. Thank I'll you, see you, man. Too. 
you know, I mean, I, I must submit, yeah, most kids are like that, you know. They uh, have a short attention span and all that. But I'll tell you, my granddaughter who's You said what, she's, she's like six a, and a half. She's like a Jedi. Yo, yeah, she's like a yo. She just focuses and she concentrates. She watches that bobber, concentrates. She'll sit there. You know, she'll talk, but she's always got to be watching, and she's very calm about it, you know. I mean, well, she gets excited when she gets a fish. Well, I but, think- I mean— she she's a good angler, you know, already. She certain is. people have yeah. certain people have a mentality for it, I think. Uh it's interesting. I've worked with kids who had difficulties with uh hyperactivity and yeah. focus and there was a high school student of mine years ago, a real nice kid, and uh he he was so hyper. One of the teachers one time took masking tape and put a square around his desk and said this is the boundary. Do not cross this line, right? <laughs> but he liked to fish. And I asked him one time, I said, hey, man, uh, you know, fish, you got to, you know, he'd fish off the piers here for the salmon yeah. and trout. Yeah. He said, uh, he said uh, it calms me. I can just sit and focus. I mean, when he's fishing, yeah. he's so focused on that. It kind of, yeah, he had no problem with, with it. Hey, Danny, have you ever been in a boat and had this situation where you're fishing with a friend, but you're not even talking. You're so concentrating on doing what you're doing on fishing that you're not even talking to each other. You're busy fishing. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You're just both into your own, uh, into your own little world. Yeah. Just concentrating on that fishing. Yeah. Well, that's that's one of the things about fishing. I guess it will calm some people. Well, the thing is if you're with a friend or your brother, yeah. If the day, the conversation comes naturally, right? You, you're talking about the fishing intermittently. You might be talking about this. Then you might go through those quiet periods. Yeah. But the time just flies, and it's such a relaxing, enjoyable time. Yeah. I had one fishing partner that when it came time to move to a different spot, we were, like, on the same wavelength. We were oh, like yeah, thinking, I've had that, too, where you, you both kind of say the same thing. Yeah. Maybe, or even as far as lure selection, yeah. you say, maybe we ought to. And the guy, I was just thinking yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, sometimes you get that. Fishing partner that you can bounce ideas off of each other. Yeah. Sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. Yeah, sometimes they do. But the great thing about fishing is it's like a puzzle that you're always trying to focus on what's my next cast? What's my next bait? Where am I going to move the boat to next? Your mind is constantly working the whole. I can be carrying a conversation with a client, and at the same time, I'm thinking there's a sailboat up there. I'm going to be going around there. I think I'm going to switch to this bait. I'm going to troll this shirt. I'm going to do this. Yeah, you're always working. Always working it. Well, Danny. That's all I got until next week. That's all I got. To all the listeners, thanks for listening. And God bless and stay free, everyone. You've been listening to the Skibber Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. Thanks a lot for listening. We'll talk to you all next week, my friends. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.